What's going on, guys? Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying your season so far. Uh, it's been a good one so far for us. Um, you guys go check out everything we're doing right now at runthepower.com. Uh, go check out our free membership as well as our premium membership. We add on to that uh, monthly. Hopefully you guys are enjoying that and you're also enjoying the podcast. We had a lot of fun on this episode. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice. They're worn by over a thousand high schools like mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls over at Ankeny and over 100 colleges like Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. Most programs utilize them for their guys in the box to, to address the repetitive, subconcussive blows that add up throughout the season or an athlete's career. In fact, you can see what Lincoln Riley has to say about uh, the Guardian Caps in the linked articles on our show notes on runthepower.com. They're also great for body blows, helmets to knees, hips, quarterbacks' hands, all while keeping the helmets looking good for game day and protecting speed flexes from cracking. Check out guardiancaps.com and request a quote for great team pricing. This episode is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletics programs around the country. Whether you write your own program, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. And right now, Team Builder is offering coaches a complimentary in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning is to just maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the template once you start a 14-day trial with Team Builder. Just reach out to them and tell them that you heard it from us and the podcast. Go visit Team Builder at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the always powerful Sideline Power. Uh, Sideline Power offers a cutting-edge technology and innovation. Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of the product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. Family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality, Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit sidelinepower.com. By email at info at sidelinepower.com or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. And then last but never least, SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. Uh, We see you guys all over Twitter uh, complaining about uh, multiple different types of of sideline replay technology and about it crashing or not working for you. I've had the pleasure of getting to use SkyCoach the past four years of my coaching career at Broken Arrow. Hasn't happened to us once, and I get the butt shot and the wide shot uh, for our offensive coordinator seconds after the play is over. Um, It's awesome. 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium, any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. SkyCoach is the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Travis Smith. Coach Smith is the creator and moderator of Georgia High School Football Chat, as well as the offense coordinator, assistant head coach, and athletic director at Douglas County High School in Douglasville, Georgia. Listen as we talk with Coach Smith about the challenges and opportunities of wearing so many hats, the importance of not wasting any of your kids' or coaches' time during practice, and the nasty physicality he enjoys seeing in his offense alignment. You can follow Coach Smith on Twitter, at underscore Coach T. Smith. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Dublin, Georgia, middle Georgia area, uh, right up right below Macon, about 35 uh, minutes from the Macon, uh, Macon Georgia area. Uh, I played college ball at Presbyterian College in uh, Clinton, South Carolina. Uh, Division two, I played receiver and I returned kicks. I was a three-time All-American there. Uh, after graduating from Presbyterian, I 
been from the coaching profession for a little while, uh, just because uh, everybody else felt like that's what I was supposed to do. So I was going <laughs> to prove everybody prove everybody else wrong and do something else. So I uh, I worked in the education field. I taught GED classes and I worked for the Boys and Girls Club for a few years. And I just couldn't run from it anymore. Uh, and I got my first coaching job in Langston Hughes High School in Fairburn, Georgia, right, about 20 minutes from the airport. Uh, we started that program. My first year coaching was the first year of the program in the school. Uh, got, got off to a rough start first few years, but we got that program up and running. A couple region titles, uh, about four consecutive uh, playoff appearances. Um, and I left Langston Hughes after seven years. Uh, where I was at, while at while at Langston, I was the offensive coordinator. Uh, left Langston after seven years to go to Douglas County, become the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. Uh, we just finished our second season. Uh, we finished ten and two this year. Our first year was six and four, so we've kind of got things going in a good direction. Uh, and as as recent as about a month ago, I was named. Uh, the athletic, the new athletic director at Douglas County. So I'm wearing quite a few hats: athletic director, assistant head coach, and the offensive coordinator. So uh, we this summer's offseason's been like any other offseason, uh, hitting the road, trying to get kids seen, and uh, then making sure we spend some time uh, at home trying to get better as well. That's really interesting. I, I love when guys come on and talk about, you know, really getting to start a program. And, and Walls, I can't remember if you started a program once or maybe you came into it really, really uh, early. But um, it, I just – I love hearing about those stories because, uh, you know, you, you're bringing it from nothing. And, and a lot of times it's uh, – I'm kind of interested to see how you guys started. But a lot of times you're starting out with, like, only a freshman group and you're only playing JV schedules. So how did you guys first start that program? Well, we started uh, we started with ninth through twelfth grade, uh, but we played we played a uh, a schedule against only other schools that opened up the same year. Hmm. So, we, so we played about four teams. We played them twice. Wow! Uh, and so we play a home and home, and then we played uh, a couple of JV games. Uh, and we had we had some great kids, but we we pulled from a couple a couple powerhouses. Uh, in the Fairburn area, we we pulled from Westlake and Creekside. Uh, we got some good kids, but we got none of the dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, when you hear Westlake, when you hear Westlake around, you think Cam Newton and then a bunch of other guys that have played in the league. When you hear Creekside, you think Eric Berry and Josh Hosey and some other guys. We got none of those guys. <laughs> like I said, they were great kids, but talent level wise, we we were lacking uh, tremendously. Uh, so it was it was very rough those first two and a half years. Uh, I think the first year we won two games, the second year we won two, and the third year we won three. But something happened in that third year. Uh, the last game of the season, we played Westlake, uh, and it's and it was like a light bulb just went off and it clicked. Then uh, we you know we got a few ball players, and then that next the next two years we won the region. Uh, I think we went ten and two both years. Uh, two uh, second round appearances in the playoffs, uh, so that kind of got the ball rolling. You know, we uh, you got to have some Jimmys and Joes, and uh, as hard as kids played for the first few years, you know, they just didn't match the talent that we were playing against. Uh, not to mention that the second year we were thrown into one of the toughest regions in the state. Uh, so um, it was it was real tough. You know, we kept we kept chopping wood and kept grinding. Uh, and then kids finally, you know, started buying into what we was what we were selling, going in the right direction. That program is not now. Um, I'm happy to say uh, that it's it's one of the elite programs. I was gonna say that that's got to be you know one of the really one of the coolest feelings that you can have is is knowing you started a program, a program that wasn't probably supposed to be very good because it was brand new, and, and now, like you said, maybe one of the powerhouses of of the state or of the region, and and to go, you know, two wins, two wins, three wins, to all of a sudden going ten and two, and, and doing yeah. that consistently, it, it's like, it's like your, you know, your your hard work paid off. You took it from from nothing to something. It's not like you came in and and you're the new head coach at OU, and and you keep them rolling, you know, at Oklahoma or, or whatever. You're you're taking a team that's never done anything, not supposed to do anything, and then and then now, like you said, you you leave uh, whatever it was seven years later, and 
and now grew it into something that, that uh, you know, kids are wanting to be a part of. Exactly. And that's kind of what we sold the kids on was being the first, you know, uh, uh, building that legacy, uh, being the first, uh, the, the group of kids that got it going at the school. Uh, and the same thing at Douglas County. Douglas County, when we got there, uh, had been uh, struggling quite a bit. They had a few, uh, quite a few two and eight seasons, a couple of in a 10-year period. They won five games. And they were actually in the region we were in in Langston Hughes. So we played against them. And uh, when we got there, you know, uh, talent had always been there, but they just weren't able to, to get it going in the right direction. So uh, we were able to take some of the things we did in Langston uh, and um, and implemented at Douglas County, and uh, we, we were able to win six games, which was very important for us at first year. Uh, it was very important for us to win to, to win that first year. Uh, we were able to do so. So now it's kind of a kind of a destination that kids want to be, you know, in the area. Uh, before we got there, uh, we 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 counted, and the number goes up. Every time I talk to the kids about ten to twelve Division One caliber athletes that left the program before we got there for whatever wow. reason uh and they left and they went and starred on other 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 teams uh, and went on to play division one ball you know some high level ball on the talent level was always there. it just takes the right coach uh the right staff at the right time and uh, i'm glad that we happen to be uh, the right group of coaches that have been able to get things going in the right direction it's a great place uh, administration is great. The staff is great. Community loves us. Uh, so it's a great place to be. Uh, and, and I'm glad we, we, we've, we've been able to get things going in the right direction. Coach, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on, you know, it, sometimes I think some coaches get a little bit comfortable, you know, where they're at. You know, I, I've been a lot of great places. I'd won a, a couple of state titles at Jenks. And then, you know, I had the opportunity to, to go to Broken Arrow. There's a lot of people that kind of question the decision. You know, why would you do that? You know, you're winning. They're probably going to win some more. And I knew they were going to win some more. Mm-hmm. But I, I, just, I just felt bad that, you know, Broken Arrow had never won one. I wanted those kids to, to feel that success. You know, it's always been a program on the cusp, but I wanted to go there so those kids could kind of feel what it was like to be at a place like Jinx. You know, those kids could see – you know, and reach that full potential. And it sounds like you've kind of done the, the same thing. You know, you built it up at, at, at Langston Hughes, and now you go to, to Douglas County, and you get that same kind of feeling as a coach. You know, what, what are some of the things you tried to instill to those kids when you went there? Because I know what, from my experience, what I tried to do at BA, or some things you did, Coach, that, that have worked for you guys? Well, when we first got there, one of the things that uh, a lot of people used to were telling us about the program is that uh, – is that the team would quit on you. You know, they, they would – and then we kind of knew that having to play against them. That was some of the things that were in our scouting report of, uh, when we played against Douglas County was that if you got up on them early, they would quit. You know, uh, if, if they had some adversity early on, uh, they wouldn't – you know, that at some point they'd give up. Uh, so that was kind of the, 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 the thing. Those some of the things we had to focus on and change once we got there. We focused on uh, – on, on, building fighters and, and kids that would compete uh, throughout the duration of a ball game. Uh, and once the kids started to believe, you know, kind of in what we were saying, it became easier and easier for us to implement, you know, other aspects of our program. You know, once we got them to believe, uh, you know, they, 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 they could compete with, you know, anybody uh, in the region. I think, you know, some of the other things, they, 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 they came across a, a lot easier. You know, um, I think one of the, the defining moment of, of our first year there, last game of our first season, we played our rivals, Alexander, and we were down early, uh, almost 20 points going into the half. Um, and any other Douglas County team, anybody in the, in the community would have told you they'd have folded. Uh, but we came out and actually took the lead uh, at some point in the fourth quarter. Uh, we lost the game in overtime. But uh, the, the fact that the kids continued to fight and, uh, and earn their way back into the game, it proved to a lot of people that we had kind of turned the table at Douglas County. So I think the biggest thing we had to overcome and had to instill them was just uh, the belief that they could win, that they were good enough to win, and they deserved to win. Uh, and now uh, our kids, uh, no matter who we play, you know, they feel like we have a chance, you know, regardless of who we play. Uh, we went to a 7-on-7 
uh, event at uh, at UGA this past week, uh, and and there was nobody. It was quality opponents, a lot of good teams there, but our kids didn't feel like there was anybody at the at the tournament at the camp that we couldn't compete with. Uh, and so that that says a lot about how far the program has come uh, uh, in just a short amount of time. And uh, we owe it all to the kids. You know, they've completely bought in. You got to have buy-in, especially when you're taking over uh, a program that hasn't been quite successful. There's always going to be that doubt in the back of people's mind uh, that you know you're no different than the previous staff, or or we're always going to be losers, or, or or things of that nature. So we have to. You have to make sure you really put the work, the time, and effort into proving otherwise. So we've been able to do that at Douglas County. So now we've got to kind of, we got to kind of approach it from the other end of the spectrum. You know, we were the hunters. Now you're the hunted. You know, so now we've got to get kids to uh, to understand that it's, you got to approach it a little bit different when teams are coming after you. So far, we've been able to do so. So hopefully, we can keep. Well, I think that's the most – one of the most important parts is, like you said, it's got to be – you've got to change, show that you're different, like, within the first week. Because as soon as those kids start believing um, uh, that you're the same as the old coaches or, or nothing's changed, it's like that switch turns off automatically and it's almost impossible to go and then change their mind again. So uh, I've got to imagine and, – and maybe you sat in with, with, uh, with everyone and, and I'd like – kind of curious to hear – maybe what you guys talked about as far as like, hey, we're going to go in here. We've got to change the culture. What are some things we've got to do right off the bat? I know uh, Coach Herman at Texas, when he came to Houston, talked a lot of bit, a lot about that. And then like in Urban Meyer's book, he talked a lot about, you know, what you have to do going into a new program to show them that you're different and, and that your coaching style and staff is, you know, is going to run differently than the last staff. So, uh, what were some conversations you guys had when come, going into uh, Douglas? Well, we got there. We uh, we knew, you know, we had we had to change the environment, change the culture. Uh, so when we got there. We we made it known. We made one promise to our kids. You know, we we told them, and we still tell them to this day. that if you grind for us, we're going to grind for you as a coaching staff. Uh, coming from Langston, and then a few other coaches coming from Creekside and other places. Uh, we we've been blessed enough. To to help put a lot of kids into school uh, and, and help kids go to school for free, uh, so so we brought that uh, mantra with us with us. So uh, uh, we we you know we could always uh, use that as a as a as a guide to you know show that if you do what we're asking you to do, these are some of the things that you know some of the blessings that could come your way. Uh, so we again we told them that if, if if you grind for us, meaning that you work hard day in day out, everything in our power. To make sure you uh, you graduate and that you're able to go to school for free, uh, may not be everybody's not going Power Five, but we'll make sure we work hard enough to. Uh, and we were pretty successful at that first year. I think we signed 10, 12 kids uh, that had never been done before in the school. Uh, so we 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 really of of course anytime you take over a new program, you got to kind of bring in that that later hammer, you know, uh, uh, mantra. And we did that. We we had them working. I think the first we took over in February, uh, so in March, the month of March, uh, we did what we call Tiger Prize. Our mascot is Tiger, and so every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, and we were still at Langston Hughes uh, teaching, so we would come over Tuesday and Thursday mornings before school at six, and we go for an hour and a half of uh, of just getting it in, you know, in the gym and and putting them through stuff that they had never been through before. And, and using that as as kind of a a, a template to show them how it's going to be and what it's going to take to get us to the next level. And then you also use it to kind of help get rid of some of the people that that are not going to buy in, you know. And you see who's going to be on board and try to get things turned around. Uh, and we put them through we put them through some uh, very intense workouts. Uh, and at the end of it, you know, they they kind of built some confidence about. Uh, and then also some confidence in the coaching staff as well because we were doing some, some things that they were hungry for, you know, hungry to be pushed. You know, kids were hungry to be really coached at another level. Uh, and those were some of the things that we made sure we focused on when we first got there, you know, just really make sure we pushed kids uh, uh, farther than they thought they could be pushed, you know, and uh, and we and we kind of we kind of dealt, uh, killed that loser and that and that quit mentality, you know, uh, kind of early in the process. 
I like that you bring that up and, and, and it's something that uh, I haven't heard often, but it was something that when I, my time at Houston with Coach Sumlin uh, that he preached a lot and you just talked about it. And, and uh, it seems like there's a lot of coaches that are like, I want you to do this, this, and this because I want to be good and we want to be good and, and kind of for me. But it's like, how can, how can you show these kids that, hey, you know, I want to help you out. Like you do, you work hard for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to get you into college, to get you to where you want to be. Look, I want you to do this for you. I, I think you get such good results from that. And, and that's something I learned in college when, again, when I was with Coach Sumlin was that it was like, hey, you, you do the right thing. You, you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch your back. It, you know, you, you work hard and work your butt off. When people come in here, we're going to make sure and say great things about you. And I think that you get such good response. And, and you know, some people, I don't know, some people kind of think that's some selfish or, or whatever, but I don't think it is. I think the kids should be looking out a little bit for themselves, right? They yeah. should be wanting to be the best that they can be. And so, yes, they've got to be teammates as well, but there's still a thing where you should look after yourself and, and to be able to show these kids, look, I need you to work hard for the team here, and we'll work hard with this part, you know, for you um, as an individual to be better. Exactly. Exactly. And it helps. It also helps when we had we had people that could vouch for you know our, our our previous work. You know, we had kids that we coached at Langston, and our, our head coach he was the head coach at Creekside for a little while. So we had kids that come from Creekside, and they would come and they would talk to the kids. And just kind of vouch and piggyback off of everything that we were preaching, you know, kind of show the kids that we just wasn't blowing smoke, you know, that we, we, you know, we were we were men of our words, and we and what we say is, you know, what we really focus on trying to get done. So that helped out a lot as well because they were able to see their peers, kids that were uh, only a little bit older than them, uh, and kind of kind of go to bat for us and the things that we were we were telling them. So that helps out uh, uh, helped out a whole lot, and we still use those types of to try to uh, get kids to buy in to you know, what we're doing as a program. We still use those types of tools today. I, lo I love all that stuff. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm taking notes as, you, as you're talking, Coach. And, and I, I love your, your use of language, the way you said it. You know, it'd be easy for say, well, these are the things that we demanded of them. You said these are the things we asked of them. Mm -hmm. All right. So you, you would you would ask the kids nicely. Right. And, you know, maybe forcefully after a while for some of the guys that didn't want to do it. But at the same time, you were asking them to do something, and then you were also playing to their their self interest. Hey, man, some of you guys want to go play college ball. Exactly. I'm going to ask you. To, I'm going to ask you to do this, and then I'm going to do everything in my power to, to get those things done. Exactly. Some of you guys, may, maybe you know, you don't you don't have a dad around. I'll be that father figure for you guys. All right, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do those things. Whatever your goals are, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you to the to the max. And that's that last part where you're talking about you know grinding for each other. That's that's the the ultimate way to to be able to build relationships with with anybody, you know. It's it's not all about my, my my personal beliefs or the way I think it should be done. I can't impose that on somebody else. But when I can get on that kid's level, and I figure out what makes him tick and where he wants to go, and then he knows that I can help him get there, it's best for both parties. So I, I love what you have to say there. And then with you talking about grinding, coach, you have a ton of hats that you're wearing, dude. I don't know if I've ever met any coaches, right? AD. <laughs> <laughs> assistant head coach and the offensive coordinator. So, I mean, not only that, you're, you're having to, to plan athletics, you're having to do the stuff that the head coach, you know, needs you to do, and then you're calling plays and you're setting up practice for the offense. Coach, how do you grind like that? Tell me a little bit of your time management, man. That's nuts. I'm also the department chair over the health and PE department. So. There you go, man. <laughs> you Just know, keep uh, you know, you're like – you're like these kids getting recruited. They get the six hats out there, and you're committed to all of them, man. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, especially uh, I'm, I've just been in the AD role uh, for about a month now. Uh, so it's a lot going on, uh, but I'm, I'm an organization freak, you know. So once I get organized in certain areas, you know, I feel like, you know, it makes it a little bit easier. I have a great, as far as the coaching part goes, I have a great. Uh, offensive staff, uh, I hold them accountable, and I and I and I put them in positions to be head coaches of their positions. Uh, so I don't have to do a lot of micromanaging. I, I let them know what I want done, uh, and and how I want it done to a certain extent, and they they make sure they get it done. So that kind of helps uh, take a, a load off my back. Uh, my head coach, he treats me like I'm the head coach. So uh, 
you know, I have a lot of say so and things that go on, you know, but you know, I still know my role and the program approach me the same way. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the assistant head coach, but I'm, 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 I'm not the head coach. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to take on everything, you know, so that helps out a lot. Um, I think just surrounding myself with, with people that are, are, are about what we're trying to do and excited about making our program better, that helps take some, take a lot off my plate. You know, when you have people uh, working with you who are willing to grow, you know, that kind of, that kind of helps uh, leadership a whole lot. Leadership doesn't have to do a whole lot when you're, when you have a lot of people around you that want to be better and that want to succeed and uh, and I'm, I'm glad to say that we have a lot of those types of people uh, in our program, in our school, in our community. So while, while it's, it's there, yes, it is a lot of hats, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that the workload is lightened a little bit just by the fact that I've got people that want, that I know uh, want to help me succeed. I think that helps out a whole lot. Uh, not, you know, not going to lie, it is a lot of work. <laughs> I I'm, as long as I'm able to stay organized, uh, you know, then I, I think I can handle it. Then I've got a great support staff uh, outside of, uh, you know, uh, my staff, you know, my, my network of coaches that I've been able to uh, build over the few years. Uh, I've got a network of coaches who are head coaches, who are athletic directors. So it's nothing for me to reach out, make a phone call, uh, you know, and get some, some, uh, some, uh, some uh, knowledge from other people to, that'll help me make decisions and things of that nature. So uh, I've been doing a lot of that lately, especially uh, with athletic director part, reaching out to a lot of guys and steering me in the right direction. And then my principal, he was once the athletic director at the school, so it's nothing for me to, uh, to, to text him or email him uh, some thoughts or some questions that I might have, and, uh, and he'll help me. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but uh, I asked for it, you know, and. Uh, my mom used to tell me, "Be careful what you ask God for." <laughs> you know, he, 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 get he, might, he might just give it to you. You know, so uh, you know. I think I, I I try my best to be to prepare myself for whatever blessings God gave me. Well, you know, brought to me. Uh, you know, I have I have quite a, I have a few uh, degrees. You know that that prepare me for these types of things. You know, and 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 my whole reason for going and getting those extra degrees. Uh, was for so, so that when I when the opportunity came, I would be prepared, you know, as opposed to uh, the opportunity to ro- uh, uh, arose or came about, and I didn't have the credentials, or I wasn't necessarily ready, you know. I wanted to make sure that uh, when the blessings came, I was prepared for them, and, uh, and and that's that's kind of been the case of how things have gone for me this far. So, uh, grinding pays off. I work hard, and uh, and and. And I'm a firm believer that when you work hard, you know, th- blessings and things come your way. And I'm a, I'm a living testament of that. So uh, I work hard uh, for, for, for things I want. Uh, I want people around me to be the same way. So, uh, You know, those degrees are, are huge, Coach. And, and it's something that I don't think I could ever make myself do because I just got so sick of, of going through the classes. But – but, um, uh, you know, the guys that, that have the forward thinking like yourself to get those degrees to where, like you said, if it were ever to come up, like, like in my position, if it were to ever come up and, and me, for whatever reason, luck into something, I wouldn't be able to take it because I didn't have the degrees. I didn't have the paperwork. I didn't put in the time to, to you know, um, go forward with that opportunity where, like you said, I'm, and I'm sure it wasn't fun when you were trying to get that degree and no, and doing everything else that you had you know that you had to do yeah. for in life and pay for it and and all that stuff and, and now kind of it, it's really cool to see that now working out for you exactly exactly like i said it is and uh, i use it as a as a as a tool and a guide for, for for our kids every day you know uh i finished uh i've, I've got i received i got my master's degree in sports management while i was working before i started coaching uh, and I did that so that I could be start teaching and coaching. You know, I knew PE was uh, were, were were tough spots to get, but I got my degree in that so that I could teach PE uh, and get into the education field. Uh, then once I started coaching, I got my I got a specialist in leadership uh, just because I knew that one day I I wanted to become a head coach or maybe even go into administration or athletic director. So uh, I, 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 those, I, I learned a lot about leadership from getting that degree. And then I got another specialist uh, 
uh, in coaching and, uh, and leadership as well. We focus more on the athletic aspect of leadership, uh, and 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 all of those degrees have helped me get to another level. You know, so um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud to say I'm not one of those type of people who have a million degrees and they don't use any of them. <laughs> you know, all of all of my degrees being put to use and, and I'm appreciative and thankful that um that I was able to and then it also helped uh help you know grinding and 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 doing things like that you know trying to become a better person uh it's, it's a lot easier for me to say that if you work hard you know this such and such, such may happen for you you know because they see me living it you know I'm not just just speaking it you know like they see me you know uh practicing what I preach so that, that and, and you know that that helps them it makes them go a little bit harder. Coach Smith said, uh, if I do this, you know, if I do, I may be able to do, you know, something uh, in the long run and uh, very uh, beneficial as well. Coach, what are some of the things, I know you, you've talked a lot about getting some of these leadership degrees. What are, uh, what, may, what was maybe the best class you took in that? Because leadership's really close to my heart and actually I'm going to be teaching a leadership class this year, so I'm pretty jacked about that. Uh-huh. But it's been my my biggest uh, studying point for about the last decade was, you know, just leadership, managing people. You know, what was the, the coolest class you took? And then maybe what were some of the, the biggest lessons you've taken away from that that you've been able to kind of apply in your, your leadership and management career? Well, uh, I've got my bachelor's in business uh, management. So a lot of the classes were very similar that I took leadership wise, but they were just catered to the education field or to the sports or, you know, the uh, athletic field. So a lot of classes I took were very similar. So that was very, well, that was beneficial. But I think, uh, I can't remember the name of the class. It was actually a couple classes that really dealt with relationships uh, and building relationships on and off the field. Uh, that's something that I really took to heart uh, three, four years ago uh, and, and something that I put a lot of time and effort into. Not only building relationships with my, with my, my the people in my program, the kids, my coaches, building relationships outside of our program, you know, so, so other people know who I am, you know, and know, know a little bit about me uh, to help get my name out there. You know, uh, uh, anytime you're trying to climb the ladder of success, you can't climb by yourself, you know. So uh, I put a lot of time and energy into building relationships. I think those clients focused on those types of things. Uh, they, those were the more, most interesting and the most beneficial class that I took. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think uh, it's, it's helping me daily uh, from the relationships I have with the kids I coach, you know, being more than just a coach with them. Like you said, wearing all those other hats, you know, being a counselor, father figure, all of these kids, you know, and their relationships that I have with coaches, you know, and how to lead coaches, you know, things of that nature. So I think those are the classes that I really like. Um, and even today, you know, I'm not in school anymore, but I'm doing a lot of reading. Uh, about leadership and, and and all of them did all of them talk about building relationship building relationship so, uh, our, our head coach has a quote that he uses he says people don't uh, or kids don't they don't care what you know until they know that you care coach you, you talked about you know you went to uh you went to i think you said georgia uh university of georgia for seven on seven uh yeah. camp that you guys had or tournament uh how much does seven on seven uh, play into you think, you know, how you guys play in the season? Is seven on seven in the off season? Is it a, um, you know, how beneficial is it for your offense? Is are you are you you know, there's there's coaches on many sides of the spectrum as far as how much seven on seven helps or, or doesn't help their program. So how beneficial do you think that it is in the off season for you guys? I think it's, it's, it can be very beneficial as long as you're doing what you're, things you're going to do in the season. You know, you have some teams that run, they'll run the wing T in the season, but seven on seven, they'll be in empty sets every day, you know. So, you know, <laughs> your program, your kids don't benefit any from that. I think as long as you keep, you know, uh, as long as you stay true to what you do on offense, uh, or defensively, I think it could be very beneficial. Uh, we've been successful over the past five, six years of seven-on-sevens. Uh, you know, we've, we've been able to be very competitive, win tournaments, things of that nature. Uh, we've competed in quite a few. Uh, but we tell our kids, you know, seven-on-seven wins don't translate to, to rings in the season. You know, nobody's giving out rings and, and uh, championship trophies for, for winning seven-on-seven. 
you know, as long as you use it for what it's for, which is for us as competition uh, purposes, you know, you get kids get to compete. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to, to, to implement our offense and make sure kids know uh, the concepts that we're trying to run on a daily basis. Uh, so as long as you keep things in perspective, uh, we don't let it be the end-all, be-all for our program. You know, we just want to make sure our kids compete and compete hard. You know, um, We actually cut back a little bit this year. You know, we're only doing uh, two, maybe three tournaments, and then we're going to throw hopefully with some other programs. But we want to focus more this year uh, because we have a lot less experience uh, on both sides of the ball, especially offense. So we want to make sure we're spending time uh, doing our own thing and make sure we're working on on getting better as uh, and making sure we know, you know, what we're trying to do. I think in today's day and age, too, I mean, just finding ways to, to keep kids, you know, their attention. And exactly. I think, you know, kid, kids enjoy seven-on-seven. Seven. They think it's fun, you know, going up and, and making plays. You know, I, I always get the, you know, hey, it's not realistic football. Well, no crap. It's, that's yeah. why it's seven-on-seven, seven, you know. Yeah, exactly. But it, exactly. But it's a way to keep those kids engaged. It's a way to keep those kids maybe out of the, the basketball gym. It's maybe a way to keep some of them off the, off the diamond in the summertime. You know, I just, I just think any ways we can to keep kids engaged and, and let kids have fun, enjoy themselves, and like you exactly. said, compete. You know, how, how can you say that's a bad – how can you say that's a bad thing? You know, it, it's like anything else, man. A, a, a butter knife is perfect to put butter on, on, on bread. It's, got a, it's a tool. It's really good. It can also be used yeah. to stab yeah. somebody, you know. I mean, any, anything out there can, can have the double-edged sword. I think as long as people are using it correctly, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I got no problem with seven-on-seven seven at all. I, I actually rather enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think as long as you keep it in perspective and, and that doesn't become the, the end goal of your program, is we're going to win every seven. You know, yeah, we want to win. But, you know, we, we want to make sure we're competing. So our kids, we, uh, we, we went undefeated in the pool play at UGA, but then we lost in the second round of the single elimination tournament. And our kids were crushed. Like, they had, we, we had an opportunity to win the tournament, you know. So we had to kind of put things in perspective for what we're looking for out of this. We want to make sure you guys competed, you know, and you guys did that. So even though we didn't win it, it was a successful tournament for us. You know, we, we were able to. To, to identify some kids that were able to make, make plays for us. Uh, and then also we had guys, we, we saw that guys were willing to compete and, uh, and fight when things got rough. So, you know, I think as long as you keep it in perspective, uh, then it's a win-win situation for you. Coach, what kind of offense do you guys run? What, what, uh, what have you guys been running? Maybe not this year, I, I'm not sure. But here in the past, these past uh, few years, what have you guys been running? What type of offense? We're, we're a spread look. You know, we try to be multiple in formation. It's going to be spread, pistol look. Um, we'll try to throw a different formation, a lot of different formations at you. Uh, as far as scheme-wise, it depends on the year and the, and the talent. You know, we've, uh, we've, we've, been in, we've been inside zone heavy some years. Uh, then other years we've been gap scheme heavy. You know, it depends on whatever we're able to do the best that particular year, what we're going to run. Uh, so we, we're going, but it's going to be a, a mixture of inside zone, you know, outside, and then that teams things in there as well. You know, a lot of RPOs, uh, not as much RPO as I did in the past. Bit of RPO kind of kind of does its job now for us. We, we're still going to do a lot of RPOs, but not as much as you know people as we used to, just because court defensive coordinators, you know, they feel threatened by the fact they know that we'll do RPOs. So some, so there's not a, a need to run them as much now, you know, just the, the threat of us doing it serves its purpose. So uh, we're going to, we throw the ball around a lot. Our, our, our motto is we want to put speed in space. You know, we want to get the ball to our playmakers uh, as quickly as possible, but we're, but we're going to, we'll spread, but we're going to run the football. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I played the receiver in the King Collins, so, you know, I like, I like throwing it around, you know, <laughs> Inside the five-yard line, we were going five wides, you know. So, so uh, I love throwing the ball around. But as a coach and coordinator, we're going to run the ball first, you know, and, and then we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball for what we're, off of the success that we're able to have. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's about the only way to do it. I mean, if you're gonna be, you, you can't you can't have the ability to to just do one thing. I think uh, you know you, you have the ability to, to do both and. 
And when you run the football, especially as a, a spread team, you're creating more of those so-called one-on-one matchups, right? They want to try to go plus one in the box. And now when, when, when you get one-on-one on the outside, those are the best odds. I, I worked for an offensive line coach, and that's all he'd say. Hey, man, we got one-on-one. You ain't going to get those odds in Vegas. Is that you know, that's that's as, as good as we're going to get. So if we're one-on-one on the outside, and now I got two dudes that can win out there or – you know, I can flip them a screen and we get two blocks and they, they lose leverage. That dude takes it. I mean, I, I think that's kind of where it always has to start. If you can, you can run the football, it opens up so many things for your offense. Whereas if all you can do is throw it, to me now it, it turns into seven on seven and those guys can just kind of run to their cone and don't have to worry about you threatening the middle of the field. Exactly. I tell my kids, you know, my receivers, sometimes we don't – we don't throw the ball uh, enough, and we put a, a whole lot of emphasis on running the football. And I tell them all the time, you know, uh, it's no fun when you can't run the ball and teams drop eight in the coverage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's no fun trying to throw the ball into into eight, you know, seven and eight man uh, coverages. So you so the, this running game is going to be your best friend. But you better be hoping that we can run the ball so that it opens up places to throw the football. Part of teams where we couldn't run in, and teams would they would just drop seven, eight guys, and there's nowhere to throw the football, you know. So uh, that's that's never fun. Then you better hope you have Cam Newton to take off and go get you some yardage. Exactly, and there are very few of those. <laughs> yeah, there's one of those. Say, there, there's one of those guys, and he's exactly. and he, and, he, and he's wearing the Superman shirt uh, it, for a reason. <laughs> for a reason. Yep. Well, I got to imagine it if you guys are, you know, uh, you know, want to be able to run the ball first that uh, I know one of Wall, well, Coach Walls' big thing when, when we when he was at Broken Arrow and, and we were run first was, you know, you got to have some some good man beater uh, mm-hmm. uh, routes and you got to be able to run the pick routes and, and, yes. and different things like that, because when you do start getting man, which if you're running the ball well, you will, um, you've got to you've got to be able to win, you know, so so is that, you know, I would assume. Uh, if you are running the ball well, like you know what I mean, it, that that's got to be a big part of your game plan is is having some good man beaters out there that that you can um, you know get open and, and win on some of those. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of where seven on seven really comes into play because you see a lot of teams trying to play man during seven on seven, yep. uh, especially in the inside the you know the ten to five inside scoring range, the green zone scoring range. So that's where we really get to practice on, on some of our man beaters. But that's one of those benefits of seven on seven that you're really able to notice, uh, and something that we struggled with in the past, but we've been able to get better. Uh, and and it's partly because of seven on participating in seven on seven and mm-hmm. seeing a lot of man coverage. So that's you know that's that's one aspect of seven on seven that that is 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 tangible to to, to identify a way that it helps you. Coach, what are some of those man beaters that you guys like to use in those situations, or maybe it's you know individual routes where you can get to, to spaces that you kind of like? Well, we're, 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 we're different versions of mesh. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, a million different versions out there. You know, we kind of settled on two or three that we like, and uh, we'll, we'll decide which one is going to work for us. Uh, getting guys running across, the, you know, uh, across formations. You know, anytime we can, uh, we can get our slot guys, we've got some pretty fast and shifty slot guys that we like in one-on-one situations. So anytime we get an opportunity to get them running from somebody uh, and catch the ball on the run, you know, whether it be a three-yard uh, shallow route or, or, or uh, something a little bit deeper, you know, we, we like those odds. Uh, then anytime we've got, like you said, if you've got some guys outside that can stretch the field and go get the ball, we've got one of those guys uh, that, that can go get it and is very athletic. You know, we feel we can throw jump ball. Those types of things are, 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 you know, tools that we use as well. But a, a good bit of mesh and and, uh, and running from people, and then we're we're, we're going to do a lot more vertical concepts as far as just sending people vertical. We've got to do a better job of that and stretching the field that way as well. And 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 kind of me putting my trust in kids to to get the job done. You know, I've been I, I've been guilty of handcuffing you know my my kids a little bit in the past. Uh, but uh, uh, those handcuffs have slowly started to come off year by year, you know. So, uh, so uh, you know, I've I've throwing the ball up and you know doing a little bit more in the passing game. So. 
Isn't it weird how that kind of works out? Like, you know, you're, you're a young coach and you're thinking like, yeah, man, I'm going to be freewheeling and I'm going to have fun and all the kids. And then you're a young coach. You're like, no, no, I'm going to control everything. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make the perfect call. I'm going to be this OC. And then all of a sudden you get later on in your career, like, oh yeah, it's all about the kids making plays. Let's go out and have yeah, fun. Yeah. And I, I told my kids <laughs> early in my career when I, when I played Madden and NCAA football, I was, I was cool with winning seven to six. You know, I didn't have to. It didn't have to be set out. And early in my career, I, you know, I, I, I coached the same way I played video games. You know, I was, I was fine with low scoring games. <laughs> Grinding them out. Yeah, but even now, it's about putting up points. You know, we've got to be able to score, uh, which we've been able to do a pretty good job of. We average about 32, 33 points the past couple of years. Uh, and hopefully we're able to get that number up. Our goal is to be around that 37, 38-point range. So, uh, being able to stretch the field a little bit, with guys that can defeat man coverages, I think that's going to help us uh, help us get closer. You know, I think the other thing, Walls, that you did well, and you've talked about it a lot, is, is being able to flip it out to your running back and, and let him do some things. You yeah. know, teams want to go man and – and, uh, you know, I know we ran wheel a bunch, but we also just ran, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, running back out in the flats and, yeah. and let him go and be a better athlete than a linebacker. Yeah, exactly. Our, our running backs are heavily involved in our pass game. Um, and a lot of, a lot of our you know, short type passes, we just they're, – they're just extended handoffs for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of uh, – quite a few of my running backs have been my best players. So, you know – you people are going to gang up in them on the box as far as running the ball, so we'll throw the ball to them. You know, that's not a problem either. Like I said, our running backs are going to be heavily involved. They know they're going to catch balls. You know, they know they're going to catch balls. Uh, my last year in Langston, I had uh, six receivers, six six kids with over 30 catches, you know, and, and, awesome. and 12 were running backs, you know. So uh, I think you've got to be able to use the running backs in the, in the uh, a little bit more this year. We've got some kids. I mentioned the slot guys. Uh, we're getting, a, we're doing a lot more and being a lot more flexible with formations to where we're putting them in the backfield now, to where we can do some things with you know running, stretching outside zone. They can get on the perimeter or just putting them in the backfield, especially if we know teams are going to play man, to where they get matched up against linebackers, and we can take take advantage of those uh, those matches. We definitely make sure we throw the ball. To I love, I love what you're saying. Again, you know, there's, there's so many people when you talk about a, a spread system, they, they, they just think, oh, yeah, people are, people are going to just come out and naturally cover us. Well, if you don't throw the ball to two of those guys, they're not going to cover them for very long. Is that- it doesn't make much sense for you to, to spread those guys out. And Coach Harper always says that there's only one football, yeah. right? And if I know you're going to throw it to the one dude that runs deep every single time, it's going to be pretty easy to defend. Well, now all of a sudden you're putting five or six dudes on the field and you're spreading the football around. I don't know where that one football is going to go all the time. So now the spread yeah. offense actually works. Exactly. They, they spread the football around. You know, some people think it's the formations. No, it's, it's also spreading the ball around to all of those guys and the running backs, one of those guys. Exactly. So I always thought, I mean, in, in man coverage, how much indie time does that inside linebacker have covering uh, running fast running backs out of the backfield? I'm guessing yeah, not very much. How much time? How much time is he? Is he? You know, banging his his face against the guard? You know, stopping power. Or how do I fit inside zone? Or how do I fit outside zone? He spends a lot of time on that. Exactly. So I mean, if 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 we're better than those guys, yeah, okay, it's not going to matter. I can hand off everything. But if those guys are well coached and they got great run fits, what better way to get them out of their comfort zone than me running some crossing routes that they got to work over the top of, and then they got to go chase a dude that runs four or five. Exactly. You speak of spreading the ball around. My 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 offense, I've never been I've never had statistic wise, I've never had a kid with over eight with, with eight hundred, nine hundred thousand yards receiving because we spread the ball around so much. Mm-hmm. When you look at our stat sheet, you're gonna see four or five kids with with thirty, forty catches and four or five hundred yards apiece, you know, and, and that's kind of how, how I like it, you know. I'm hoping that I can get somebody close to that thousand yard range, but I'd rather have four guys with 400 uh, yards receiving and have one guy with thousand, and then the next kid only has 150 yards. You know, so 
Uh, we make sure we spread it around. You know, we, we've got guys that we know we have to get the ball to, and, uh, and we make sure we try to get those guys their touches, but we're going to spread the ball around. We're going to throw the ball to who's open, you know. So uh, we make sure we do those types of things so, so teams can't key on, you know, certain, on certain kids and, and feel like that they, they stop this one person by offense. You know, so we make sure we try to spread the ball around, uh, pass as well as run. Right. And then, I mean, at, at the same time, too, you, you think about, again, your, your program wide. Kids know they're going to play. Kids know they're going to get the ball. There's a, a lot of guys getting involved in the offense. The JV teams are doing the same thing. Your lower level teams are doing the same thing. It just creates that that community where it's not just, okay, well, one guy is going to touch the ball. You exactly. know, or we're going to throw the ball to, to one guy. Everybody gets involved. You know, I, they say it all the time now. Everybody eats. When everybody eats, everybody's happy. So, I mean, I, lo- I love the philosophy. I just think it's, it's such a, a good team builder. And I think some coaches kind of miss the boat when they, they just think automatically, oh, I'm just going to spread them out, and then I'm just going to run the quarterback the whole game. You know, it, yeah. might, it might work for some coaches, but I, I think eventually, you know, it, it kind of wears thin. Yeah, it does. It does. Yep. Well, and along those same lines, you know, one of the other – really big things that I, I got from Walls the one year I was that he was at Broken Arrow uh, that I was there as well was, uh, and it's along those same lines, is, hey, if we're an inside and, and we're going to be at 11 personnel and we're doing inside run, we, we might as well be in 12 personnel, again, because of the program, right? Even if it's inside zone right, it doesn't matter. If we go 12 personnel, now we're getting reps for two tight ends. Now we're developing a young guy where, you know, maybe in the game we'll go 11 and do it, but at least he's getting some reps at backside tight end. We're developing guys. We're making them feel a part of the program. Uh, And, you know, obviously it always comes down to how many reps can you get. So we're stealing reps and inside by never going 11 personnel. I say never. Almost very rarely going 11 personnel. And instead, go ahead and throw a tight end on the backside. That way we're getting those extra reps and we're stealing reps out of it. Yeah, and we haven't we have, we, we used a tight end a whole lot. We're going to use them a lot more this year. But the way you approach it with going, uh, with going 12 personnel, we do it when we'll go 20 personnel. Make sure we get two backs in. And then that, that helps us get more backs reps, you know, because we know we're going to run the ball. So we've got to make sure we've got multiple backs that are able to, to, to carry the load. So we, the way you approach it with the tight ends is kind of how we approach it with our backfield. You know, we're going to be in 20 personnel most of the time in inside period. Um, you know, 20 personnel, we'll, we'll be in 11 as well. Um, uh, hopefully we can get I was to go 12, uh, 12 personnel. But very rarely do you see us just stay in the personnel uh, during inside period and, and, and just have one guy getting all the reps running. No, we want to make sure we're getting as many reps as possible with as many kids because we never know when we're going to need those kids. Coach, how do you guys set up your practices then to maybe maximize reps? Are you guys uh, a tempo team? Are you guys trying to go two groups at the same time? You know, you as, as the OC, how are you kind of trying to get that done to where you are developing some depth as well? Uh, well we, we're tempo, but we're as much on the tempo as I did in the past. Uh, in the past, I was, we had to get 80, 85 plays in a game. Uh, now I've, I've kind of – I want to play fast, but we're going to control the tempo, meaning that we'll play fast. Fast at sometimes. Sometimes we'll slow it down, depending on you know the flow of the game. Um, and, and we settle on that sixty-five to seventy player game range. We we kind of kind of been around there, and it kind of works for us. But in practice, you know, we we're we're moving constantly. Tempo is everything. We've got kids moving around all the time. You know, we are <clears throat> we've got a few kids that play both ways, but 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 the pace is fast. You know, we're going to run a play, and we expect to get the next play off within the next 15, uh, 10 to 15 seconds, you know. So we're making sure we're getting a lot of kids, a lot of reps in a short amount of time, you know. So that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, serves as our conditioning as well. You know, when you've got kids moving around, uh, all practice, no need to do a whole lot of conditioning. So uh, we, we, we preach tempo before practice offensively. We do a tempo period to where we, we combine our screen period and tempo period where we do a period where we run screens. Uh, we'll throw, we have three quarterbacks throwing, so we're throwing, we're getting a lot of reps on each particular play. Everybody that can catch a ball is going to catch a ball on, on each play. Uh, then we'll transition into a tempo period where we just line up, we line about five or six balls up 
at different uh, areas of the field, and we run a play, and they and they sprint to the next ball and get the signal, and we run the next play as fast as we can. And we'll do that with three groups, our ones, twos, and then our threes. Uh, and, and, and so you're talking in a 10-minute period before practice, pre-practice period, we're getting about 40 reps of screen game in and then another uh, 40 reps of uh, just our, our normal offense uh, in a 10-minute in a period, you know. So that, that helps us preach tempo and helps us uh, teach our kids how to play fast, which is the goal with everybody these days. I will say that's the biggest part I miss from running an up-tempo offense. I don't necessarily love it at all times during the game, but I, I, when we were in practice, it was just – it was unreal how much uh, – I don't want to say more fun practice was, but it was like it was something was going on at all times, and there was very little downtime. And like you said, Coach, you just get so many reps in practice when you are able to use that tempo. And then also at the end of practice – you're not lining up and running half gassers because you were just running for two hours or an hour and a half sometimes if you're a good up-tempo team. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and you were getting all your conditioning during practice. Kids were engaged. They were in. They're out. And, and uh, you know, now that now they're going home. Yeah, and the kids like it too, especially when you're successful with the tempo. Uh, my, my last quarterback I had at Langston Hughes, who's now playing quarterback at Marshall, uh, and my current quarterback, he's getting to that point too. Is that they? I would, I would almost get cut out by my quarterbacks because I was getting plays in too slow. You know, <laughs> you know that they, right. they would, they would, they would be hurrying up. They would, they, they understood how, how, uh, how beneficial it was, and they would look across the line of scrimmage and see the defense not set or they're tired, you know, or, or they're playing out of character, and they would see things like that. So now they want to, they want to play even faster. So our kids understand benefit of playing fast and you know we just make and 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 and, and practice diff playing at different tempos so that up in the game it comes easy for our kids yeah it's completely changed the way that i've looked at practice i know i've, I've looked at it the last couple of years and and i really enjoy it and i think you, you ask the kids they they enjoy it too and then not to mention we've we've talked about just the development of of kids you know when you're when you're running two groups or three groups at the same time and, and it's all organized and it's all choreographed. I think the, the kids just feel like, okay, this is organized. This is cool. This is the way practice should be. And I'm, and I'm not standing on the sideline watching somebody else practice. I'm out exactly. here doing it. Exactly. That's, that's what I, that's what I want to be doing, man. I'm catching balls. I'm blocking guys. I'm making plays. I mean, that's to me, that's exactly what it should be about. Let's go 10 minutes. Let's get 44 guys on the field if we can. And, and let's go have some fun. Exactly. It's different from, I played in high school where, you know, you would be an offensive team 30 minutes, you know, and, you know, and, or defensive team 30, 25 minutes. You know, it, it, some people, you know, that works for some. But to me, I'm from the, you know, it don't take all day to do nothing, you know. So let's get these reps in. Let's, let's, let's take the 20 minutes and, and get the same amount of reps, if not a whole lot more, than we were getting in that 30-minute period. Um, a lot more coaching as well. You know, you, you, you're you able to get more on film and then you're able to get more kids. Everybody wants to play, you know. You know, so uh, we get guys off the sideline and involved. That's always going to be beneficial for your program. I'll tell you the other thing they like about it too because I've changed how we meet is I'm like, I'm, I'm going to meet fast. I'm going to talk fast. Uh -huh. I'm going to use hand signals. I'm going to have short cut-ups for you guys. I'm going to explain things. And, I mean, you're not going to have a lot of time you know, every now and again, they might ask a question, but I'm like, you guys better be able to speak my language and it better be quick. Mm -hmm. So you got, you guys can understand those things be, and, and they just love it because now coach, Hey, we're not sitting in there, you know, having to sleep in a meeting. It's 15, 20 minutes and exactly. boom, I learn it and they go. And then I'm putting responsibility on them to learn that stuff outside of football. Exactly. Yeah. So I, like, and we'll, the, we have yep. all our kids in the, in the meeting process a good bit, you know, it'd be nothing for me to throw the, throw the, throw the throw the dry erase marker to a kid and let them lead the meeting, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, we've had a couple kids that's done a really good job for us in that department, and that's something we'll continue to do as well. Well, Coach, we're, we're kind of coming up on, on an hour, and so – Oh, uh, man. <laughs> you were just getting warmed up, weren't you? Just, just, just getting ready to roll. Well, yeah. I, well, the uh, last kind of question I always like to ask everybody, and it's the most important one to me is, is uh, you're watching another team play and, and you're watching their offensive line. Uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think 
uh, really highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, nasty and dirty. You know, I, 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 like, I, I like seeing nasty, physical offensive linemen who finish plays to the echo of the whistle, who are not nice. You know, they, they get a pancake. They don't help the other kid up. I'm looking for a, a nasty demeanor, and, and they have bad intentions, uh, and, and, and everybody knows it. You know, and then I wanted, I'm, I'm looking for a unison. You know, uh, offensive lines where you where the communication is is evident, where you see guys talking. That's what the one thing I love. I love running plays and and hearing my line, hearing about three or four different people yell out calls, and they're they're going back and forth off of each other. That that gets me. That get, that, that makes my the hair stand up on my arms when I when I hear my guys doing things like that and communicating, and and, and that lets you know they're involved. They know what they're doing. They know what their assignments are. Uh, so whenever I'm watching another offensive line, things I'm looking for, uh, and then the, the want to, you know, a lot, especially in this area, you know, we have a lot of kids. We coach a lot of kids in, in park ball and rec ball. Everybody played running back, you know, so so nobody wants to play offensive line, you know. So so I, I, I like looking at guys who accept the fact that they're offensive linemen and not go touch the football. You know, they're, they're, their job is to get in there and do the dirty work and a lot of times they know that they know they're not gonna get a lot of credit for it, and they take pride in that. So that, that's what I look for when I look at other offensive lines, uh, and then when I look at my offensive line as well. Those are the expectations that that, uh, that, I, that I want my line to look like. Well, you you talk about you know the mean and nasty and physical, and and I I'm right there with you. And what I think is cool is you get maybe one kid that's like that on a team. And, and then all of a sudden, if the coach does a good job of, of really hyping that up and, and making that uh-huh. a big deal, it can be what that team's known for for the next six, seven years. Just because you know, one kid was like that, that coach was smart enough to make that a big deal and, and show that on film and make that a, you know, a standard for their group. Now, you know, I, I remember when, when Jinx, that was kind of what they were known for um, uh, when I was growing up, and they had – you know, the Chase Beelers, a guy that went to Stanford, and then, you know, he was a, a mean, dirty player in a good way, not not after the whistle <laughs> or anything, but in a, in a way that you want your offensive lineman to be. And then yeah. all of a sudden you see there are other sophomore and freshmen like, oh, okay, that's what you want to be like? And, and yeah. now that now that's kind of what they were known for there for a while, and maybe still to this day, but I, I was a little more into it when I was a, a younger kid. So – uh, before I got into coaching, and and so it's really cool to see those teams. Or, or uh, you know, probably the best example is is a Euless Trinity from Texas. You know, every single year they are they are smash mouth. They are they are hitting people um, to the echo of the whistle. They're diving on people that are on the ground and and playing football. Really, to me, kind of, kind of how it's supposed to be played. And it's just something that year in and year out, it's like that's what they're known for. That's what they do. Yeah, and I like I like the, when they have that swag that I'm an offensive lineman. This is what I do. I'm meek and nasty. And and when we get off the bus at Langston, we had a couple uh, kids a, few, a while back. Uh, we had two deep two offensive tackles, both for 300 plus. But when they when they walked on the field, they had the shirt tucked under like Ezekiel Elliott. You know, they got the <laughs> nice. You know, and, and it's it's a, it's it's a nasty looking 300 pounds. You know. That's the type of, you know, uh, alignment that I like. You know, they're nasty. They take pride in, in knowing what their job is, and they take pride in that job and doing it to the best of their ability. And, and, when, and when you celebrate that, everybody everybody loves to celebrate alignment. You know, and, and when you celebrate alignment, that makes other kids want to be alignment. You know, so uh, those are the things we make sure we try to do. Uh, we're going to big up our alignment. Anytime they do something good, they get a pancake, it's going crazy. So we, we're going to make sure everybody knows they got a pancake. You know, so those are the, you know, the types of alignment that, we, that, that I love watching and, and, that I, and I love coaching as well. That's awesome. Just reminds, reminds me of what the Muhammad Ali quote. Was it, uh, sky is blue, grass is green, waves pound the sand, and, and I beat people up. <laughs> I mean, to me, that, that's that's just what alignment is, right? There. That's what I do, man. I just beat people up. That's it. That's it. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I don't run routes. I don't. I don't do all these fancy releases off the ball versus non-press coverage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, 
I get I get in a three point stance or a two point stance, and I get mean and nasty, man. That's it. <laughs> Coach, man, this has been an awesome one. Like you said, man, Appreciate time flies too fast. So we'll we'll have to to get you on again, and, and hopefully, you know the the se- the season goes really well for you guys, and we can get an update from you, man. But it, it's been fun talking to you. Uh, you got you got a, a good head on your shoulders. I know you're doing a lot of stuff, and you're able to keep that stuff organized, man. So I appreciate you spending an hour of your busy time with us. Uh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me, man. And don't hesitate any other time. Anytime you, you need to fill in or you, you, you just want to talk <laughs> football, uh, you got my information. Hit me up, and I'm, I'm game. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.